0: The National Museum of American History describes the Cuatro as a five-double-string guitar-like instrument used to play Musica y Puerto Rican country music. On this episode of Dexter's Lab, I had the privilege of speaking with Fabiola Mendez, an amazing musician whose primary instrument also happens to be the national instrument of Puerto Rico. In this episode, we discuss Fabiola's culture and identity. Her process and perspective as a quadrista, composer, and educator, as well as adapting of the works for the musical medium and embracing tradition while also moving it forward. I'm Jay Cotto, and welcome to Fabiola's Lab. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dexter's Lab. I'm here with Fabiola Mendez. How are you, Fabiola?
1: I'm good. How are you, Jay?
0: I'm really well, I'm excited to talk with you today. I think that your work is so interesting and I love the different intersectionalities you bring into it. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: All right, so as you said, I am from originally from Puerto Rico, born and raised, and I am a musician. My primary instrument is the cuatro, which is uh, the national instrument of Puerto Rico. It's sort of like a guitar. Um, but more like folky and traditional, of course. And my main style of music, I would say, I would define it as Latin jazz Mm. um, because it does have the Latin grooves and Latin influences, but it also has like the jazzy harmonies Mm. and odd meters and Mm -hmm. rhythms in it as well. Um, And I currently live in Boston. I am a Berklee College of Music alum. And I, uh, I'm a performer, educator, and composer. So that's a little bit about me.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. So my first question, the Cuatro, never heard of it. I'm sure a lot of folks here feel the same way. Um, how you talk about it being the national instrument of Puerto Rico. And I, I don't even know, do we have a, natu- like a national instrument over here? <laughs> and so how does that happen? How did you get into the Cuatro? And, and, and kind of why is that your primary instrument?
1: All right. So first, um, the instrument, I guess they they called it the National Instrument of Puerto Rico because it was sort of like invented, if that's mm-hmm. even a word. I mean, okay. it was um, based on, you know, the European classical guitar, Spanish mm-hmm. guitar during the period of colonization and all mm-hmm. of that. So the people in Puerto Rico wanted to develop Well, they wanted to play these instruments, but they weren't able to afford them. Mm. So we started, you know, seeing, you know, violins and all these different European instruments and shaping and taking pieces of wood and making their own instruments that sort of looked like Mm. the European instruments that they would see. Mm. Um, So that's why the quattro... Looks like a guitar, but it also has like the little ears, like the Uh violin on the side. Uh Um, And it was, it's, it was like it had different shapes at first. So of course, it like evolved um, throughout time. But Uh nowadays, it's a five double string instrument. Um, It's called cuatro because it originally had four strings when it was first, you know, invented. but now it has 5 uh but people still call it cuatro because you know that was the original name sure and uh it's it's used mainly for like traditional styles of music uh from Puerto Rico uh but it's also used in like salsa music mm. um uh it it sounds a little bit like a brazilian cavaquinho which is like a little guitar so some people use it also for brazilian music mm-hmm. it's been very versatile but mm-hmm. it's Of course, it's mainly used for the traditional um, styles of music. And I started playing when I was six years old because my dad used to play it. Mm. Um, He doesn't play it anymore. He doesn't practice, but Mm. he used to play it before I was born. And, you know, there was a cuatro in my house when Mm. I was little. So I found it one day and I was like trying to figure out how to play it. Uh, And my dad was like, okay, do you want to take some lessons? Maybe Mm -hmm. you like it.
2: Mm.
1: And here I am. Wow. um, now I'm 25, and and I'm so proud to play this instrument because I feel like it's it's like this piece of my culture and my island mm-hmm. that I bring everywhere I go. Mm-hmm.
0: That's beautiful. And so since you mentioned that this kind of came from your family, did you, I guess was your family the kind that embraced your artistry and your creativity it sounds like they kind of did or you know did you feel like you were the lone artist in your family what was that relationship like
1: so it was definitely very welcoming um in my family like besides my dad playing that instrument you know when Mm. he was younger we always have um like big family gatherings and Mm. there's always music no one in my family is like a professional musician, but everyone plays an instrument and everyone sings. And mm. so there's music in every gathering we have. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I was, you know, taking lessons and like developing my artistry was something really exciting for them because they're like, oh, we have like a real musician that can like play the chords as we start singing. Like mm. they used to sing a cappella, but now they have like, you know, someone that can play with them on a company right. with chords and right. stuff like that. Um, so it was definitely welcoming. And and when I, you know, decided to pursue music as a career, you know, going to college and all of that, it was also like they were all very supportive of that mm-hmm. decision.
0: Beautiful. And what made you decide to do that professionally?
1: Um, I think I just, you know, I just loved it. Mm. And I felt like it was something that I was very passionate about, and mm-hmm. I consider myself very lucky because, mm. you know, I had so many friends in high school that were like, "Well, we don't know what we're gonna do with our lives," and I was like, "I'm gonna do music because <laughs> I love it, and I've been doing that, you know, for a while, and mm-hmm. I know that I like it."
2: Mm.
1: Um, so, so I guess as an artist, it's it's easier when you have to make that choice if you've like done, it. like if if you've been doing sure. art for a while, yeah. Um, it's not like i don't know like studying to studying medicine like you you go into the field and like you don't know if you're going to like it i mean right. you're interested but like it's not until you start like doing it that I'm you're like, like okay mm-hmm. i like it so mm-hmm. definitely with music it was easy cuz i have been doing it and i was like yeah. this is my call
0: <laughs> beautiful so how would you describe or define creativity
1: as a concept ah uh, that's a great question i think Honestly, it's this ability to sort of express um, something freely hmm. um, without thinking of like rules and, and sort of like uh, a standard definition of, of a concept. Hmm. So, for example, I was, I was actually thinking about this sort of like creativity and what it is. Hmm. The other day because I was talking to a friend that's also a player. And, hmm. you know, we play this traditional instrument and it's tricky because you know it's part of our tradition of, of our folk music and there are many people that want to protect that and that want to make sure, sure. that you know tradition sticks and that right. Right. the instrument and the music and all of that doesn't get lost mm-hmm. but at the same time it feels like it can be limiting creativity sure because it's like this is a traditional instrument you have to Mm -hmm. play the traditional music this Mm -hmm. way and that's how you hold the pick and that's how you hold the quatra and that's how you strum strum, and Mm -hmm. all of these you know different concepts that are important you know because yes tradition is important and culture is important but at the same time if we just keep it like in like a box it's just gonna die off it's just gonna become like museum art which Mm -hmm. is uh, something really bad for for the folklore i think you know in my opinion it needs to be in the streets it needs to be with the artists and all of that so um so going back to like creativity i just think it's it's that um ability to just let your ideas flow without thinking of like a box or a set of rules or a set of you know definitions
0: so based off this question, this might seem like a curve, but I'm just responding to something that you said that I think is really interesting. So this instrument in particular is obviously really important culturally to Puerto Rico. And you as an educator, I'm not sure what instrument you teach or what you teach, but I'm just wondering, is there a conversation, is there a desire to amplify knowledge of the cuatro and to teach other folks to use that does that happen here and is there any tension in that about bringing an instrument that's so tied to a specific culture to quote the masses and how would that feel I guess as we have more and more discussions about appropriation versus appreciation Mm -hmm. um yeah seems like it might be a little messy in a nice way
1: yeah it is so definitely it is my mission as an artist to you know showcase the cuatro and to Mm -hmm. bring the cuatro to the knowledge of of the masses as you said Mm
2: -hmm. um
1: i think it's a beautiful instrument and and you know i love it and i want everyone to know about it and to Mm -hmm. you know be like oh that's a cool instrument Mm -hmm. um so that's like one of my missions as an as an educator um i teach cuatro but i also like teach you know general music um Mm -hmm. but it is it is quite a challenge especially when you try to take it out of the tradition which is you know as I said earlier a little bit of what I do I mean I do have the tradition rooted and 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 you know it's it's important it's the roots Mm -hmm. Uh, but from that you know the tree and the branches Mm -hmm. are my creative way of expressing myself um, and that includes you know like fusion with like jazz chords and like brazilian grooves Mm -hmm. and you know all these other concepts like a little bit of rock a little bit of hip-hop um and and taking all of that and for some folks it you know it's they are not okay with that right um because they do want to keep it like just for the traditional music right Um, but I am very happy to say that you know the young generation of Cuatristas in Puerto Rico we are all like trying to you know take the Cuatro to other levels like there's some Cuatro players that are doing classical music with the Cuatro there are people that are like using pedals and like distortion and like taking it to to you know more rock stuff reggae Um, so there's like you know a lot of young people that are very creative and and thanks to like technology and like education because a lot of other players back in the day would not get like music music education like as a you know as a concept in a conservatory or they wouldn't learn to read music or all of that so of course now that we have the tools of like Mm -hmm. reading music and composing a lot of that we're taking that to the next level yeah um but but you know I, I, I feel like it's it's just a matter of keeping like a nice balance between sure. the
2: two
1: mm-hmm. um, just because we don't want to be disrespectful of the tradition either and we don't want to be disrespectful of these people that you know work so hard to to keep that tradition alive mm-hmm. um, so yeah but the cuatro you know interesting fact is um, the instrument that plays the intro in the
0: interesting
1: so that but Mm -hmm. before they start singing it that's a cuatro and for me that was such a an important moment for the history of the instrument because it was like it was like the top song in the world for like i don't know how many weeks and like you know grammys and all of these Mm -hmm. you know whatever that means uh but but you know it's it's big and a lot of people hear about it and, Mm -hmm. and it was important and i know that you know some folks were a little upset that that was happening in a way because again like the tradition or whatever but but most people were proud that our instrument you know it's being it's 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 being an an instrument i mean i always say like it's an instrument like any other so it can be used in any style of music and in any space and
0: Mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> mm, beautiful. I love that. It's an instrument and instruments exactly. are playing songs. So
1: exactly. Instruments are for playing music, whatever uh, music it is. <laughs> got it.
0: So uh, you mentioned obviously you're doing arranging, you're doing original compositions, and I'm sure you kind of get in the zone. And I'm really interested in hearing for you what does the zone feel like? Some people call it the flow, some people call it the hum. some folks everything drops away for some like it's just like a i gotta keep going quickly before this dies out what is what is that like for you
1: i think it's the last one you said so Mm -hmm. it's like it i get like the idea Uh um it can be like any time of day but it usually Mm -hmm. happens at night
0: of course yeah
1: um which is sometimes it's like i'm like in bed and i get this like really cool idea and i'm like 100 percent should I like get up and like yeah. at least record like a little bit <laughs> so I don't forget about it? Um, and yeah. there have there have been so many instances where I'm like, eh, I'll just go to sleep. And then the next day I'm forever. like no, Exactly. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. there. So, so I'm definitely like now really trying to be like, okay, like at least getting my phone and like recording a voice memo of mm. you know whatever melody I'm I'm hearing in my head mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but like the last uh, composition I wrote was a little bit like a couple of weeks before my birthday which was like a month ago mm. and it was like I was like thinking about what if what it felt you know turning 25 and like mm. you know a quarter of a century and like mm. wow what is that mm. what does that mean and I was like suddenly like I just started writing lyrics like writing lyrics sorry. and then I like started humming a melody like it was such a fast Mm. Um, composition like it's just it was very organic but it doesn't mm. happen all the time sometimes it's more like I'm having a conversation like a lot of times these compositions especially when they have lyrics they mm. come from like a reflection or a conversation that I'm having with someone else Got it. and I get like really inspired by whatever we're talking about and then I mm. start writing a couple of ideas
2: mm.
1: And then maybe I have to like let it be for a little bit and then sure. go back and you know start singing a couple of melodies and then mm-hmm. do the chords so usually my process is like that so like the, the lyrics come first or the melody and then I figure out the harmony and the chords yeah. and usually when I'm doing the chords then I you know I start figuring out the groove as well sure so that's a little bit of the process
0: Great. So I expect a song after this conversation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. About creativity. That's probably coming because it keeps coming back like this. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's a thread. So there are some folks who kind of say, like, well, actually, before I get there, do you believe that creativity is something you're born with, uh, or is it something that can kind of be learned and absorbed?
1: I think both. Okay. Um I think that some people are definitely born with it um with like you know are more predisposed to certain you know to arts or to sports or to you know I think that's sort of like biological um but then I do also think that there are some people that maybe It's hard for them to like Mm. learn an instrument or to be able to write or to be able to you know express their creativity, Mm -hmm. but they can definitely I mean like take some lessons I guess. But at the same time, I do believe that creativity is not something that you can teach. Mm. So I think it's something that I can like give you the tools and like Mm. maybe like share my process, Mm. but I can't teach you how to be creative. Mm. very spiritual person and i but i i'm like it's something you can't teach faith Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing with creativity i think because it's Mm -hmm. such an abstract and a personal concept Mm -hmm. that i can't i can't get into your head and like show you how to like be creative you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i can share what i know and what i do and maybe that can inspire you and help you but you know it's like a personal process
0: that's really interesting, and so the follow-up question to that was, yes, there are some people who say, oh, I'm not creative. I could never do that, and I think the, the concept of, of creativity is like faith, and it can't be taught because it's just so hyper-personal, like what that looks like for you and your entry point into that. I think that's really fascinating.
1: Really yeah, fascinating. I, I do think, though, that like education like especially when thinking about like little you know when we're little Mm -hmm. it does play a very important role in like creativity in general for example like I remember when I was in high school I had an art a visual arts teacher Mm -hmm. and he kept telling us like I want you guys to be creative but like you are also like in a box and he would tell us it's because when you're in pre-k or in kindergarten they tell you that bananas are yellow, apples are red, grapes are uh, purple or green or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you get into like, if you paint a banana purple, like the teacher will be like, that's wrong. Like bananas are not purple. You know, so like you, you start, they start like shaping you and I'm not, I'm just kind of like generalizing, like it's not everyone, of course, but you know, it's like, they, they start shaping you in like, the ways that things are, because mm-hmm. in the real world, like in reality, they're like that. But then, mm-hmm. when you want to be creative, it's like when you grow up and everyone wants you to be creative, it's harder because when you're little, everything is like in a in like a little square box. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's interesting. I so I'm a musician as well, uh, and I was having a moment a couple months ago where I hadn't arranged in forever, and. I felt like I was stuck because I was just like, okay, I'm doing this arrangement, and it's fine. (laughs) But I was like, but I know that it could be greater. And I felt like in that moment, I was caught in this weird cycle of feeling like my understanding and my knowledge has increased to to kind of give me um, a feeling that this can be pushed up to another level. But I also don't feel like I have the musical vocabulary to be able to experiment and explore and make it different. And so you're fusing styles, you're fusing genres, and I'm wondering, in those times where you might have writer's block, like, how does that feel? How do you work through it? And, and how how can folks who are creative and do consider themselves to be creative when they run into those reps kind of expand the lexicon they have, like, available to them to... does that make sense as a question
1: yes it does um and i'm thinking of two different points there Mm -hmm. the first one being breaks i mean especially when i have writer's block i'm like i'm done like i'm just gonna go do something else i'm not gonna force it i'm not gonna because it's it's you know i'm blocked so i'm just gonna do something else and i'll come back to it later so that's like the first thing that i do and then the second one oh my god i forgot
0: Ban the lexicon, writer's fun. I'm
1: like <laughs>
0: you first threw it. I want
1: the second one. I want the second one. And I, to I totally to lost it. Okay. Keep talking to me and I'll come back.
0: Got it. So <laughs> yeah, breaks. It sounds really now. Is there a way that you break? Is there a way that you relax that's helpful for you? It's back. That's back. Okay. Before I answer that okay. question. Yes.
1: Okay. So I have this motto mm. that I wrote like and I have it in front of like my workspace. Mm. And it's, don't push anything to be something it isn't. Mm. So sometimes because you know, I have all these tools, all this vocabulary, all this music education. Mm. Sometimes I write something that I'm like, that's too simple. Mm. Like,
2: Mm.
1: that's like, I wrote something and it's like three chords. No, 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 I need to make that more interesting like i need to have like 10 chords like it needs to be like sharp 11 and like (laughs) this and that because that's too simple like i can't it's triads what like that's Mm -hmm. boring and i try to like change the chords, and i try and it's it's not it doesn't work Mm. so that's like the other thing that i'm that's like i'm working on Mm. right now it's you know when something is born like it is what it is and like, let it be what it is and don't push it because of your own definition of what, what, I don't know what music is or what your, or or even what, what your sound is. Cause sometimes I'm like, well, but if, if I do this, that's very simple. That's not usually what I do. So people are going to be like, wait, that's so different. And it's like, so what? I mean, it's, It's still me, and it's still like me expressing something in like Mm. a different way. Mm. So that's the second point that I wanted to make. That you know, in terms of that creativity, and yeah,
0: Mm. let it be what it is.
1: Let it be what it is, (laughs) because (laughs) Because it's not gonna it's not gonna be something else. Like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna try to make it something else, and it's gonna be horrible. Yeah, this is gonna be forced.
0: (laughs) You know, it's funny. I think I talk a lot about this. I don't even know where I heard it the first time. But there's that whole metaphor of the the statue and the sculptor and there's this idea that there are some sculptors who feel like they are imposing their will on the marble and they're shaping it to what's in their mind and there are others who feel like the shape is already in the marble and they're just kind of moving around to let that out and I do consider myself to be the latter but it sounds like to me what I felt like you just checked me and spoke over my life and <laughs> I feel like what I just received was you know I've allowed the shape to come out of it but then I'm trying to put my will on it right and it's mm-hmm. just like, but you got to let it be what it is. Because the other part, is it about ego? Is it about insecurity? Is it about control? And
1: that's, yeah, that's another conversation too. You know, yeah. the ego side of it too, mm-hmm. which I think sometimes forcing it is like your ego, like in my personal reflection, mm-hmm. it's like when I'm trying to force something, it's my ego trying to be like, that's too simple. Like, right. Right. you know, I went to Berkeley. Why am I going to do triads? You know what I mean? Like, and that's like a personal conflict of like, okay, step back. You know, it's music. Yeah.
0: Restraint is the hallmark of a great musician. So <laughs> I get it. So you work in different genres, and I'm wondering do you collaborate a lot? And if so, how does that affect the creative process?
1: I do collaborate a lot. Um, I enjoy the process of writing music with other people
2: okay.
1: um, in terms of what it looks like. Usually, maybe, like, I'll have a melody and a set of chords, and I'll, like, you know, share it with someone else, like, let's work on an arrangement together. I want to mm. have some horns. Mm. I want to have, you know, some strings. I'm not an arranger. I mm. do not. No, nah, that's not my strong my mm. strength. I, you know, I can write the chords and the melodies, and, like, um, I can do, like, simple, you know, rhythm section arrangements. Sure. But when it comes to horns and strings and all of that, you know, uh, I like to work with with other folks, and mm. and, and I love it. Mm-hmm. um but lately i've been doing a lot of stuff on my own but at, but i guess on my own but at the same time collaboratively collaboratively mm-hmm. because this project you know the project that i'm doing with the boston mm-hmm. foundation lab grant it's based on writing music that's inspired in the work of puerto rican female poets Mm. So it's not directly like I'm collaborating with them, like sure. they're working alongside me, but,
2: mm.
1: you know, I'm using their work as inspiration to, you know, create new, yeah. new work. Uh, and I have uh, three of them that are on this earth with us. Mm. So I've been able to share, you know, what I've been writing. And it's mm. really awesome because for them, it's like, you know, you have this text uh, that's abstract. I mean, it's text, but at the same time, it's it's like an abstract mm-hmm. piece of art. Uh, and then you have like, I'm writing music,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm interpreting what they are saying and putting that yeah. into music. So it's a yeah. very interesting um, collaboration that I'm working on.
2: That
0: just triggered 9,000 questions for me. And so <laughs> let's see if I remember them all. First and foremost, uh, this is a great time to actually talk about your lab project. So what is that in more detail, if you
1: so my lab project is called afro Riqueña, afro Rican, mm. And it's a project, uh, an album, uh, and it's also going to be a concert mm. that will showcase all these songs that I wrote during this time, inspired in the work of Puerto Rican female poets, mm. specifically that target issues about race mm. and being a Black woman, a Black Puerto Rican woman. Mm. Um, so that's why it's called afro weekend
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um I'm really excited because the album is it's basically done. Um Ooh. I am just in the process of you know distributing and you know getting the physical copies and all of mm-hmm. that. And we are also almost almost there for our release concert, which wow. of course I'll let you all know about. Please, please. Um so yeah that's basically the the project and it's it's been really awesome because as I said I've been hand in hand, uh, working with these poets and sharing, Mm. you know, the music that I've been writing and all of that. So
0: So, amazing. Did their work begin before you decided to do this or are are they creating their work as you're creating the pieces?
1: All of their work was previously done. So what I did is that, you know, I researched a bunch of different female poets from Puerto Mm -hmm. Rico, um, you know, that talked about being a Black woman and all of that and I purchased a bunch of different poem uh, collections and all of that. And then I chose uh, the poems that you know spoke to me and yeah. spoke to my, my process in mm. my identity and all of that mm. and wrote the pieces. Some of them are instrumental, so it's a little bit more abstract. Mm. Uh, for some of them, I took like either the whole poem, if it's a short poem, mm-hmm. uh, but if it's a longer poem, like I, I took like a fragment to turn that into the lyrics of mm. the song. Mm.
0: So it actually leads to my next question then, so because you are reinterpreting, I don't want to say reinterpreting, you're you're putting these, this work into a different discipline. Um, Are you trying to, in your music, your musical adaptations of these pieces, trigger the same feeling in others that you felt while reading this work? Or does even the desired outcome, does that shift to you as you're now pushing it into a new medium?
1: So I think the first, mm. uh, the first one you said. So when I was reading these poems, I was trying to sort of, you know, I, through the music, I'm trying to portray the feelings that I mm-hmm. felt as I was reading them. Mm. For example, there's one that's about, it's called Hacerte la Paz, which mm. is uh, making making peace with yourself. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's, it's, like, this this whole poem of, like, in this one in particular, it's a little bit about when you're leaving Puerto Rico, so, like, a little bit of the concept of migrating or sure. moving to a different place and, mm-hmm. and that feeling. Um, so it's, like, a, in terms of the groove and the piece, like, a ballad and, like, mm-hmm. the chords are, like, it starts with, like, just guitar. So, like, I'm really trying to portray that, like, making that piece with yourself, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. through the music. And there's another one that's called mulato Mm. that one is like one of my favorites Mm. and and i use like a a bomba groove so it's Mm. with the bomba barrels all percussive with which bomba is our afro um afro root style of music in puerto rico Mm. so um for those who don't know it's basically uh drumming and there is a dancer and Mm. usually the the most interesting thing about bomba is that the drummer follows the dancer's moves Mm. so there's like a bunch of drummers that you just keep keep the groove you know and it's all hand drum drum barrels and then there's one drum that's called the primo that's a higher pitch drum and that one hits following what the dancer is doing and if it's a female it's you know it's it's got a skirt huge Mm. skirt and you know with the skirt it's making different um different motions and the Mm. the drum follows that so, you know, it's at our Afro Roots music in Puerto Rico. So I wanted to include that, of course. Yeah. And the song itself, it, the poem is mulato. It's like an ode to the Black man. Mm. And, 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 you know, what it means for, you know, a Black woman or any woman in general to be like, wow, I'm admiring, like, this mm. Black man and, mm. and what it is. So, so it's, you know, a very strong piece with the drums and it's got horns and all of that. So, Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's beautiful. And so from what I know of your work, largely, this is a theme that plays there, this theme of identity and um, holding that dual identity of not just being, you know, Latina, but Afro-Latina specifically. Mm -hmm. Why is that a theme in your work? What kind of triggered that to have such focus in what you do and how you do it?
1: So I, after, I think that I, like, after I graduated from Berkeley, I was, you know, thinking about who am I as an artist?
2: Mm-hmm. What's,
1: you know, what do I want to do with my art? Like, yeah. what's my creative process? And, and all of these questions came to the answer of my identity. Mm. Um, because it's something that I've not really looked into. I mean, my whole mm. life, I've just been in Puerto Rico, you know, whatever, doing whatever. But once I got to the States, I think that I learned a lot about identity. And there's so much diversity Uh, uh, And there's so many artists and people that are, you know, talking about these topics that I never questioned myself, like I never Mm -hmm. questioned my race, I never Mm -hmm. questioned my gender, Mm -hmm. I never questioned my sexual orientation, like I was just like yeah I mean I'm Puerto Rican, Latina, Mm -hmm. whatever, Mm -hmm. but now there are all these other um, parts of who I am that are so important that I look into because they, they shape, you know, who I am and they yeah. also give me advantages and disadvantages in the world mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. looking at what that looks like that's that's been my my goal and my previous album for example was entitled on the other side of the pond which was all the songs were about this feeling of you know moving being a citizen of the world now because Mm -hmm. my heart is in puerto rico but now i live in boston and like Mm -hmm. what that feels like what that looks like Mm -hmm. um and for this second album uh it's more about okay especially after what happened last summer yeah about all these issues that came that came to to the media that have been happening of course but for me um being in the states for such a short period of time i'm like oh that affects me a lot too so like I want to look into that as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why I started, you know, gathering all these poems and working in this new music.
2: Mm, beautiful, beautiful.
1: Okay,
0: so moving a little bit, we're we're nearing the end of this beautiful interview. There's just a couple of questions left. If you could interview a creative person, living or dead, past or present, who would that person be and why? Mm,
1: oh, so many. But I think that uh, I, I would love to interview one of the poets that I am writing the music mm. uh, for she is past. Mm. You know she's no longer on this earth yeah. um, And I've been in contact with her um, with her son and her daughter, which of course you know are giving me the permission and all of that to mm-hmm. be able to perform her mu- to perform her poem. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time they talk to me about her, I'm like, wow! I wish that I knew her. It, it's like this really strong woman, uh, yeah. this really str- strong black woman that you know was born in the '40s. Mm. So, so definitely, you know, it's it's such a different experience. And and you know, yesterday that was International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was thinking, you know, I was talking to my mom about about this whole concept and. And how for us, I mean, there's a lot that we need to fight. And there's a lot that we need to get done. But I am so grateful for all the strong women that came before me. That shaped and let me. I can vote. I can speak up. I can work. Um, you know, so many things that, I don't know, 100 years ago. Yeah. Were not existing for women. So, yeah. So definitely her and... And then in terms of music, I really, really, really want to have a talk with Miguel Zenon, a saxophone okay. player. He's a jazz sax player from Puerto Rico. And and I identify a lot with his music because he does have this concept of identity and exploring his identity mm. uh through music. And not only as a Puerto Rican, but also as an Afro-Caribbean. Uh mm. so, so I, I feel like I want to also expand like my my um my reflection of who I am. Like right now I'm sort of focusing on like Puerto Rican, but I also wanna like explore more as like Caribbean and like just move and then be like, I'm a citizen of the world. Like, what is that? What is is that to be human? Like, so Mm -hmm. yeah. Those are two people that come to my mind.
0: (laughs) And what was the name of the first uh, woman?
1: Oh, of course, Angela Maria Davila. Mm.
0: Her
1: name's Angela Maria Davila.
0: Beautiful why do you think and do you think the world uh does the world need art and creative so we're in a time where you know things are whole industries are devastated and um there's a lot of cry of like what needs support and we're really seeing right now more than ever what is prioritized and what is valued and there seems to be this weird um you know, tension of folks ingesting the art so deeply, right? Everyone's watching more and like listening more and reading more, but those are not the things that are valued when it comes to, you know, recovery and where that money is spent. So I'm wondering, uh, why do you think the world needs art and creatives? And I know it's a thing that it feels like we always have to like prove our worth all the time, but Mm -hmm. how would you verbalize
1: that? I think that I'm grateful that the pandemic was able to to bring art to everyone in a way because Mm -hmm. I feel like we're all at home especially you know at the beginning of the pandemic Mm
2: -hmm. we're all stuck
1: at home what are we going to do with our time Mm -hmm. and as you said like reading listening to music watching concerts um Mm -hmm. taking like a dance lesson or Mm -hmm. I've been like coloring a lot like buying those like Mm -hmm. mandala um, coloring books. Those are
0: way too detailed for me. I get
2: overwhelmed.
1: <laughs> uh, they are. Some of them are too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, like expressing ourselves, and I, I think that all of us, like every human, and and that's maybe what makes us a little different from other species is mm-hmm. that, from the knowledge we have of other species, of mm-hmm. course, um, we are able to express art you know Mm. and and express ourselves through art and I believe it's so important for the emotional health Mm. um, mental health it's probably one of the top activities for mental health I believe Mm. Um, just you know working in any art discipline or or developing any art and I do believe that every human also has like the creative like we're all creative in our mm-hmm. own ways, um, mm-hmm. even if we're not like an artist. Sure. Um, but we all have like, art is something that everyone can do. Like mm-hmm. even if you're not like good at it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: whatever the mm-hmm. definition of good is to you.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, if I give you a drum and like you're able to hit it, like, mm-hmm. you know, and you're able to like make your own pattern, like that's you expressing yourself. If mm-hmm. I give you a piece of paper and you can, draw something or write something Mm -hmm. that's you being creative like if you're listening to music and you're moving your head a little bit that's Mm -hmm. like you being creative you know and expressing yourself so um it is a good time for art i believe in Mm. in terms of of what the pandemic cost and how people miss Mm. you know seeing live Mm -hmm. art Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i I am hopeful that after this is all over which mm-hmm. will be very soon. Okay. I am very very Yeah, I'm going I'm I'm just speaking it. Yes, yeah. it'll be over very soon. And and I do believe that there's going to be like a peak and and I hope there is a peak of, you know, people wanting to, you know, consume you yeah. know, art. Yeah. Um and I just hope that it it is it is in Im- ah. It is a big enough movement that mm. it changes how art are portrayed and, and you said, and how you said, how, where the money is is spent mm. and, and where the funds are going.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be good you, I, when this, when everyone comes back and they're clamoring for art and you got a brand new album dropping. So you'll be ready. You yeah. Be
1: ready. <laughs> <Okay>. I hope.
0: <laughs> Two questions left. So... How does the way you think and move as an artist affect the non-creative aspects of your life? I say non-creative uh, in, in quotation marks.
1: hmm Yeah, because I feel like everything I, I do is creative. Mm-hmm. Um, it shapes everything. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I have to take like a little break from mm-hmm. just art, I guess, mm-hmm. because it, it can be overwhelming. I mean, anything in excess is is bad. So yeah. um, trying to keep that balance of, you know, playing music, listening to music, composing, thinking about my projects. Like, I feel like it's a lot. Like, my whole day, yeah, <laughs> all surround my art. Um, mm-hmm. When I'm not, like, actively practicing, I'm thinking about, oh, my <laughs> god, like, my lab project. Oh, my god, my album release. Oh, I have <laughs> to do this graphic design, this, that, that, that. that. <laughs> um, but I try to do other things like sit on my hammock. I have a hammock, even in Boston. Beautiful. I have a, an indoor hammock at the time yeah. because it's cold outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like look at nature. Like mm-hmm. I have the blessing of living in front of the ocean in Quincy. <clears throat> so just sit and just look yeah. and absorb um trying to be really present Um, so that's like how I take a break a little bit Mm. it's definitely in every aspect of my life and then also family time Mm. and and friends friends conversations that are Mm. not that have nothing to do with art or Mm -hmm. with music particularly for me Mm. Um, just to learn and and I I like to have friends that are not artists a lot yeah. of my friends are not artists um because I want to hear other perspectives like of the world and and, and the, the work they do and stuff mm-hmm. like that so
0: yeah I'm really bad at that I don't know what that feels like so maybe I gotta <laughs> research some some artist <laughs> friends <laughs> um
1: a lot sometimes we're a lot i
0: mean we divas, I, I 100%, yeah we are, we
1: are a lot <laughs>
0: dramatic and divas the whole lot yes <laughs> okay for our final question if you could imagine for yourself a laboratory that was made specifically for you it can be magical it can have technology that doesn't exist yet but if you had this laboratory that was made for you where you could do your most creative work what would it look like what would be in it where would it be
1: Oh, I like this question. Okay. It would be very, very simple. A room. Mm-hmm. And it would not have a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, the walls would be like like a nice solid color, but not too strong. Not a dark color. Like mm. a light light green. Like this wall, it's just like light green. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe... I would have, like, a couple of of isolation panels and that stuff, you know, for mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I would just have, like, a desk. I would have plants. Lots okay. of plants. That okay. would be, like, the only thing that would be a lot of. Okay. Um, and there would be, like, a huge window mm. that would be in, like, a spot where I would get sunlight every mm. morning or every afternoon. Like, at some point of the day, I would need, like, the sunlight. Mm and just you know a desk with like a midi keyboard Mm. and a picture of my family and a very comfortable chair (laughs) and maybe there would be like on the side like a resting area with a bean bag
2: Mm.
1: and a diffuser okay with a really nice like i don't know eucalyptus smell maybe Mm. Yeah, that would be this my very
0: perfection. feasible <laughs> laboratory. I'm just like, I feel like you could make this right now in a basement or a guest room or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I try to keep it. I'm, I I like being minimalistic. Mm. Um, I do believe that just just having uh, nature is is incredible. So that's why I set the window. Like I need that and a couple of plants and a desk.
0: That's beautiful. It's beautiful. And there will be cool. So thank you so much for today. Where can people find you? How can they find you? How can they stay connected to learn more about you and your work?
1: So thank you so much. This was such an awesome, awesome conversation. Awesome. And I am so glad to be sharing some, some, I don't know, comments. And, yeah. and this is a nice space. So thank yeah. you. Um, my Instagram is Fabiola Marie 20 and my Facebook is Fabiola Mendes Music, as well as my website, FabiolaMendezMusic.com. And I'm on Spotify and iTunes, you know, all digital platforms as Fabiola Mendez. So you can check out me, my music there, too. Thank you.
0: Making a playlist right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: thank you so much for speaking to me. This was great. And I can't wait to hear your new album that is ready. Thank you. Thanks again to Fabiola for a fascinating conversation. Dexter's Lab is made possible by a partnership between the Boston Foundation and Dunamis. To learn more about the Boston Foundation, visit www.tbf.org and follow on Instagram and Twitter at BostonFDN and on Facebook at the Boston Foundation. You can follow Dunamis on all platforms at DunamisBoston. That's D-U-N-A-M-I-S Boston or visit us at dunamisboston.org. Until next time, and thanks for listening. Stay creative.